Hey everybody, welcome back to Two Opinions and a Cloud. This is Max Fritz. And Stacy Deerstroll. Hope you are having a great Ignite or watching and absorbing content from home. Wanted to give you guys an update of what's happening out here, some real talk from the floor. Um, so well, let's kick it off. Um, Stacy, what's been going on in your world for the past 24 hours? Well, it's it's kind of been an up and down roller coaster, honestly. Um, so I've been, I've been at Ignite, going to sessions, talking to a lot of people. And, you know, there's, there's some concerns that are coming up, uh, you know, with the whole Office 365, being able to do backups, restores. Um, and so I was, I was notified yesterday that you can no longer do, you can ask for a restore, but you cannot restore it to another site collection and then just pull out the site or the content that, that's missing anymore. And this is within SharePoint? This is within SharePoint, yeah. So you can, uh, you can request a restore, but you're going to get it at the site collection level and it has to go back to the original place that it was removed from. So if your ticket's been open two or three days, you're going to miss out, uh, you're going to overwrite two or three days worth of content and have to re-add it back in. Based off my conversations, I was told that that is policy and that it cannot go to another site collection. So which poses a problem, right? Right. Because we were telling people to go Office 365, you don't have to worry about you know hardware or any of that stuff, the updates, it's all handled by Microsoft. Um, which is a great thing, right? For certain companies, that's perfect, but a lot of these companies live and die by their backups. You know, I have clients all over that, you know, they do item level restores probably a couple times a month. Um, you know, things happen. Um, and to, to find that out was a little disheartening because now the only way that people are gonna know that they're, they can get their content back if needed is they're gonna have to buy a third party utility and back it up and then either store the content on Azure or, or whatever. So hopefully this this is one of those situations where you know uh, a policy was created within the support team themselves and, and it might get addressed at a different level. We, we've seen this before where support engineers sometimes say things that um, but misinterpreted or whatnot. Hopefully that's the road we're going down and if it is a a decision at a higher level. I hope to see some documentation on it, explanation, and maybe uh, reverse in course. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's where I'm at right now. Now I'm trying to find who's the next best person to talk to to try to escalate this and get the full details to find out what is right, what is wrong, and then that way we can communicate to the community. Yeah, when, when we're working with a company that operates at this scale, it, it happens. Yep. So, you know, it's it's. I can't say it's a great thing and I can't say it's a bad thing. I, right now I just say it's kind of in limbo for me. Yep, um, something to be aware of. Absolutely, so it's it's definitely worth, if you're looking to go to Office 365 and you're, you, you rely on your backups, I would ask the hard questions before I sign on the dotted line. So, Fair enough. Yeah. So Max, that's that's kind of been me for the last 24 hours, <laughs> right? So, but what I understand is you've been kind of uh, checking out the team's architecture and how things are connecting together. Tell me about that. Yeah, so there's a fantastic session this morning by the team's team. I uh, love saying that. Uh, really going through the back-end architecture of teams. And um, there, there are many takeaways from it. Very interesting technical details of how it stores information and how, how the different uh, compliance uh, frameworks work with it and uh, how the UC voice transfers and things like that. But what I, my big takeaway is, well, to level set with everyone, uh, 
Teams conversations are stored in exchange for retention purposes and compliance purposes. And that's one-to-one -one conversations, that's one-to-many, and that's within your team's channels themselves. Uh, as a lot of us know at this point, uh, Teams documents are stored within SharePoint libraries, and that's really been surfaced a lot, uh, very visibly. The exchange piece isn't because it's in a hidden folder within your mailbox. It, it, it's meant to be hidden there, but they decided to work with the exchange team for that workload. Putting that aside, there are a lot of organizations out there where they have an exchange team, a SharePoint team, an identity team, a security team, a compliance team, all these different groups of people who are responsible for different pieces. Mm -hmm. And in our old way of working, that, that was possible when we had Skype, SharePoint, Exchange, Active Directory, all in these different wor worlds. As we got into Office 365, we've been encouraging, and Microsoft has been encouraging, people to start coming together to work together. Office 365 groups, when that came out a few years ago, that was a great introduction to, hi, Exchange team, I'm the SharePoint team. We need to talk. Right. Um, and the identity team involved in there as well for membership. Yep. Well, Teams, the product, is now forcing us to go even further down that road. And this is how I see as a positive thing of the UC team who is handling voice and those chat conversations needs to work with the exchange team to make sure that the exchange is properly configured on the back end to hold those conversations for retention purposes and DLP. Now Microsoft's made it very easy from a single pane of access to control all those team's policies. But what if you're using exchange on-prem? Did you know if you're using exchange on-prem, you cannot get retention of your team's conversations? It's not available because the only way we retain that is by going into the Exchange Online mailbox. So that was, so as you were talking about that, it brought up a great question. Some, some of my clients have been asking here recently. Um, so we're, you know, our, our renewal for our, our licenses for SharePoint and all that stuff come up at the end of this year, but our exchange doesn't come into another time. So we really gonna need to make that move for SharePoint now. What are we gonna lose if we have SharePoint in the cloud but we don't have Exchange? So of course my instant is well you're not going to be able to connect and sync you know sync your tasks and and, and lists and stuff as easy um, you know because you could right now go into Exchange or your Outlook and, and and bring those over. So this is another line of complexity to that I see that there's well, a very big line of complexity and and there's a reason for it. The right. modern workplace that Microsoft has introduced it's meant to work as a cohesive solution. They've really made it quite an interesting uh, story, and I, I really like the story, but if you say, I'm gonna do this, this, this out of modern, desk, modern workplace, but I'm gonna wait on these other pieces, you need to be aware that there are gonna be gaps, that if I'm going SharePoint online, but I'm not gonna go Exchange online, certain things aren't going to work as well. A, you definitely need to have that Exchange hybrid so that when you're setting up alerts and notifications within SharePoint, it knows how to send those emails. Right. That's a key component there. Um, so you're gonna get some of that stuff. Uh, but uh, the Office 365 Groups platform, if you had said, I wanna go SharePoint online and I wanna embrace modern SharePoint sites built on top of Office 365 Groups, but we're not gonna go Exchange online, that's not an option. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm getting and that's some like, Wow, that is a, that's a light, right? That's a big light bulb that's coming on. So, so what, what I encourage organizations to really look at is, okay, yes, my exchange license might not expire for a while, but is that good enough reason to not migrate? Is it really? Um, I, license expiration is always a fantastic time to start mm -hmm. 
utilizing new new features and new things. But I would always encourage to look at the cost-benefit ratio of being split across separate systems. Yeah, so what to me it sounds like, we just came up with a great blog for you, Max. <laughs> because wouldn't it be nice if we knew in reality which things should be migrated to the cloud in what order and why? Yes, and here's the key takeaway. The, the, the take-home point of that blog will end up being, it depends on your specific organization. There are many who lead with Exchange. There are many who lead with SharePoint. Some lead with OneDrive. I've seen somebody lead with Yammer. There's so many different routes to go down, yeah. and it's really what creates the biggest uh, value add for your users, is you want the biggest value to be there day one when they start using Office 365, and then you want your users to start asking for more. Start lighting up more. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you. So now I'm sitting here thinking about some conversations I've had with some clients, and now I think I, I probably should go back and revisit those. And I think many, based off of hearing this, they're going to go back and do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, really when it comes down to it, uh, let's take your scenario of going SharePoint online but maybe not going Exchange online. Uh, let's look at it from a licensing perspective, everybody's favorite topic. Right. To really get the proper features in SharePoint online to do compliance and everything they need, you're going to need E3 licenses. Right. Or... SharePoint Online Plan 2. The difference in cost there is not that big, and that's for a good reason. So I would say E3 is worth looking at in that scenario because you're going to get a lot more stuff beyond just the small siloed SharePoint area. And then the whole question of, well, I'm still paying for an Exchange server license is negligible because you're also paying for Exchange Online licensing. Well, and a lot of it, depending on the agreement that some companies have, you know, the EA agreements, I know the names have changed and whatnot, but with some of the agreements that they have, a lot of them get it free, you know, Office 365 free with yeah. so many licenses. So, you know, it's, and I think they do that for a reason, so that people can start taking advantage and seeing how that stuff works together. Yeah, it, it's, it's all very interesting. Um, it's very interesting to hear reasons people would like to remain on-premises. Um, and don't get me wrong, there are valid reasons. Oh, yeah. There are, but um, in the exchange world, there are very few of those valid reasons. SharePoint world, there's a, there's a bit more. Right. Uh, but, but exchange, uh, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna fight you, but uh, I'd love to have conversations with people about why they feel like on-prem exchange is the better option for them. Yeah, I, I definitely would agree. When it comes to the exchange, exchange to me seems like a no-brainer, right? Um, SharePoint, you know, with the with the compliance stuff you have to deal with, um, depending on the organization that you work with and yeah. stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of things that come into play there. But exchange to me, I've really not seen a reason why people shouldn't be going to the cloud. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty clear cut. And now with all these uh, additional uh, frameworks and platforms, we're getting value every which direction. Yeah. So. Absolutely. You know, we are near the end of the day on Thursday, Friday, believe it or not, they still have stuff going on at Ignite. Anything you're looking forward to still? Well, I'm looking forward to saving my feet having to do all the meetings in the expo since the expo comes to an <laughs> end today. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a, there's something else going on tomorrow. I can't remember, the, the Connect, is that what it is? The, yeah, they are doing that. Yeah, the Connect stuff tomorrow, so I, I'm kind of interested in that. Um, to kind of check some of that stuff out. And then I have a couple sessions that I'm going to be, be attending tomorrow, but it'd be nice I won't have any meetings that I have to do with partners and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of get a break there. I've got to say, there's one session tomorrow that really is intriguing me, and it's an introduction to blockchain session. And I'll be honest, and our listeners can criticize me all they'd like, I don't know blockchain. People have tried to explain it to me, and I'm either too tired or too bored to listen. 
And I, I just, I hear so much about it being really the a next step in a lot of our areas and that it's going to hit SharePoint. It's going to hit all these other things. It's going to be a big part of IT coming forward. And so I think it's important to know what's going on beyond our my little silo. Absolutely. So I've actually attended um, a couple of Paul Swider's um, presentations on blockchain. Yeah. I definitely think you will en enjoy it um, now that you know kind of where things are going. I think that you'll get it. I think that you'll like it and you'll be like, ooh, I want to play with it. Uh, it's just kind of one of those things. Uh, maybe if we uh, find Paul Swider somewhere, maybe we can ask him a few questions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, until next time, this has been Two Opinions in a Cloud. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys.